0: Hello there, folks. Happy tidings. I hope your turkey slipped down with ease this season. I know mine was wet with gravy. Oh my, and the Turkey Day football. I'll be glad to see that in the rear view. We can finally focus on the season that really matters. The reason we're all here. Christmas! <laughs> We do enjoy the old St. Nick around these parts, folks, and this week we're going to take it in an off the map direction. No, we're not heading for Rolling Hills, the beautifully manicured subdivision that looks like a movie set during the holidays, all lit up and merry. No, we're taking the left at Arby's and going out back behind the Tolleston's Hog Mill to the side of town that prefers harsh bulbs in the street lamps. And everyone saves their street parking with a fuck off, bud. Sign. <laughs> Welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm your host, Mitch Brinkman, and today we lick the sour underbelly of Christmas cheer as we explore the top five terrible moments in Christmas movies. We've got two guys that cut their lines of Christmas cheer in different sizes. The first, he's all Griswold, it's Brian Ernst. Hello, Brian. Hello, Mitchell, thank you for having me at Christmas time. I like it so much. No problem. I love hosting you. My one question for you is: When you are lining up your, you know, your, your little chugs of Christmas cheer, do, do you like your lo- your lines long and thin? Do you like them short and fat? Do you like them, you know, medium? How do you do your Christmas cheer?
1: Uh, I like my Yule log just enough to put enough pep in my step.
0: Very nice. Do, do you have a, a special Christmas mirror or a coffee table <laughs> that you do it off of? I do it right off the Nutcracker Nutcracker's ass. <laughs> nutcracker. <laughs> oh my god. Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> Not you're getting you're getting a vote a little point, too much you'll lock in this morning there we go <laughs> yeah and our next contestant he could take himself out of the town but the town never leaves him he's all bailey it's nathan hennenfent hello nathan oh hello merry christmas glad tidings to you all merry christmas this will probably be the first of a couple christmas episodes here on uber cinco so strap in um Get something nice and sweet because this episode might be a little sour. <laughs> We're going to have ourselves a nice little adventure today as we see what these boys have dug up on the terrible moments. Some of our holiday favorites. If you never had the bad, how would you know what was good? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, do not forget, go over to bizbear.biz, brand new, redesigned. It's gorgeous. Drop us some notes, drop us some comments, maybe an idea for an episode. And at the end, I'm the host, so I'll be doing the Fast Five. Stick with us, because I'm doing reasons to say to your father, Hey, (laughs) Daddy-o! But first, let's do a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent
2: time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer.
0: Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But, if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Uber Stare Down. down. You
1: will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score.
0: All right, everyone knows the rules. Great. Now, as host, I get to make a house rule. Now, this week, this one is all about leaning into the tropes, if you will. So, if you remind me of a wholesome, gift-loving, overindulging sentient Christmas cardigan, I will be awarding you guys secret points throughout. You'll find about it, find out about the bonus points at the end. So, just be that just that syrupy sweet Uh, You know, to my face and mean to my back, you know, classic Christmas character. Uh, But okay, so here we go. Nathan, you've been telling me all week through text, AIM, Google Chat, Facebook Messenger, TikTok, Snapchat. You even sent your bird by to tell me you've been working on your George Bailey impression for weeks just for this episode. (laughs) So... I'm going to close my eyes and listen, and if George happens to come on the podcast and orders a turkey sandwich with extra pickles for me, then I'll let you go first and give us your number five terrible moment from Christmas movie. Uh,
2: n- n- now, I, I see that's a That's a good-looking bird you got back there. Could I, could I get that slathered up with, with some mayo and, and between two slices of rice? Right? Oh, extra pickles, would you? Yeah, yeah that's a ticket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, George. Thank you so much. <laughs> set them up and knock them down. (laughs) (laughs) So please, Nathan, give us your number five. Uh, My
2: number five is uh, misogyny and homophobic undertones in the beloved stop motion animation classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, fun. Yeah. Pearl
0: clutch, pearl clutch.
2: (laughs) What? It's so (laughs) terrible. Um, the, The one that we like to quote in my family line is, uh, Rudolph has gone missing and, uh-huh. uh, Donner, his father, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to go look for him. And, uh, Mrs. Donner, who I don't think they even give a name to, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they want to, she <laughs> wants to go look for her son because of course she does. Cause she's loving mother. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they add this in so specifically. Cause it's not even just like a throwaway line. Burl Ives, the narrator actually delivers this line so they really had to go out of their way to make it in there and it says no this is man's work <laughs> And uh, but they're
0: reindeer so they're not they can't even do it they're not a man
2: it's it's ludicrous and uh, so w- once they find out that the the nose is there uh the red nose mm-hmm. uh donner's really ashamed of it and he makes him try to cover it up he says you'll wear it and you'll like it there are things more important than comfort like self-respect <laughs> Just, <laughs> so this can't. kid can't be can't be proud of who he was uh santa himself sees this and he says donner you should be ashamed of yourself because his kid has a red nose Ugh. and in the song you'll remember in the song the other children wouldn't let him play any reindeer games it's not the children in the show it's the, the teacher. There's like a coach reindeer. And, he's, <laughs> oh and, and he tells the other children to exclude uh, Rudolph. <laughs> my God. Yeah. And then, so he's got a girlfriend who loves him for who he really is. And mm-hmm. his father says, no dough of mine is going to be seen with a red nose reindeer. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then if it wasn't bad enough with, with just poor Rudolph, it's that you got the, the elf who wants to be a dentist. And then all of a sudden everybody's upset that the kid wants to be a dentist. Like they're they're <laughs> chastising him for wanting to not be. So this is the whole thing reeks of racism, homophobia, a parable for that. And so you think, well, but doesn't the story have a happy ending? It is a Christmas tale. It's heartwarming at the end. It's uplifting. But mm-hmm. capitalism rears its ugly head.
0: Everybody <laughs> does
2: embrace Rudolph, but only because His red nose can get the whole operation finished on Christmas Eve. He is unpaid labor being exploited. That's the (laughs) only reason why he is accepted.
0: (laughs) Now, so Santa initially says, fuck this little guy, toss him out in in the woods, let's let him die. And then only after he sees... The money in his eyes and the cha-ching, cha-ching and the dollar signs. He's like, then I will take this. Okay. Exactly. Man, Santa's kind of a bum, dude. This is the
2: worst on-screen Santa. He's the worst one.
0: He, is. Does he Does he have like big, is it like big nasty teeth or something to Santa? Is it like, is it? I'm trying to remember what well, this looks like. probably because
2: they kicked the dentist kid out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this, I do, I do like this movie because it gave us the the phrase "Island of Misfit Toys," which I use have used to describe basically every place I've ended up in my life, which <laughs> sure. says a lot about me. And also, you, you <laughs> do get Burl Ives as the singing snowman with his his shiny Christmas tree vest and his pipe yeah. and singing "Holly Jolly Christmas." Uh, I like that. So, yeah, it's <laughs>
1: yeah. not you, all you can overlook everything else, <laughs> which is fine. That's that's put your blinders You know, on.
0: I. It's interesting because you think about it, and in grade school, we sang Rudolph as, like, the song of choice because it's not religious. It's not whatever – anyone can sing it because it's just about, you know, fucking and deer. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, no one ever wanted to be – I remember, like, the kids who wanted to be, like, the Rudolph part when you'd sing it as, like, a, a child chorus. I remember most people would be like, oh, that person just wants to stand out and, like, shine above us all. You know, there was, like, a weird tinge to the kid who wanted to be Rudolph. Um And now this makes sense that the the original was about excluding that, you know, little showboat. So um, maybe a little gay showboat? I don't know. But uh, apparently, because that's (laughs) like, you
1: can't be yourself anymore in the 40s.
0: this yeah this this also makes me think of the it's always sunny Christmas special when they go to the claymation thing. yes uh, and then you see the little elf's penis and it's you know it's it's real funny um, <laughs> and you know, kind, of, kind of inappropriate uh, kind and uh, well yeah very inappropriate um, and really the it's always sunny like their aim was very sharp like they knew exactly what these specials were about excluding and being mean to your friends and then at the very end, being drug across the finish line of being a good person. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, Brian, I want to hear your number five, buddy. G- give it to me, slather a nice and shove it down my throat. <laughs> uh,
1: my number five is. <gasps> yeah, we're going to the Santa Claus 1994 with Tim Allen here. And I'm specifically yeah. talking about the fine print. That is the clause of Santa Claus. Um, This is the actual clause that's in fine print that you can't really read unless you have the magnifying glass that's at the North Pole. And this is what Tim Allen signs up for, which is really devastating when you read it as a legal term. In putting mm-hmm. on the suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waives any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so either by accident or design. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so you have to give up your wow. previous life. You have to be this forever until you either die, or you are mm-hmm. forced out by the elves,
2: <laughs> or some As- higher power It sounds like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: To the, the wearer is unable to do so either by accident or design. <laughs> we are going to take you
0: out. Did, now, but doesn't donning the suit give you special powers too? That makes you live longer. Is that is yeah? That you true become immortal because
1: Donna? you have to do this job in perpetuity.
0: Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Uh, like, so then you would never immortal actually... unless so if you only... fall
2: off the sleigh. Correct. If you fall the roof, off the roof, you die. Because he <laughs> So what... Yeah, I've never quite understood the rules of the yeah. Santa Claus okay. in the Santa Claus.
0: So, so so that means really it's only by elf assassination
2: <laughs> are you going to be
0: leaving this post. That is the design part of immortal, the qualms. Yes. Yeah. And it
1: took oh me so God. long as a kid. Like when I saw this when we came out when I was four to really understand that, like, they... By throwing an E on clause, they came up with a movie idea. <laughs> and then I like didn't realize that that, I just thought that that was how you spelled Santa Claus for the longest time. Cause I didn't understand contract clause. Why would I? I was four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't yeah. until I watched it like several years later that I was like, Oh, I get it. Uh, this is, <laughs> I don't, this is stupid, <laughs> even though I still like the movie, but, uh, I don't know. It's you, just,
0: you'd be surprised how many Hollywood sequels were made up, by just adding an E or an S to the title that was already there. So like that's uh, the whole pitch meeting. Uh,
1: <laughs> and it's also super creepy because this one, I mean, every single Christmas tale does elves in the way they want to. I've always yep. kind of been more partial to the elf style of elves where they are just like mm-hmm. shorter adults or miniaturized yep. forced perspective adults. This one, mm-hmm. they're just all children working in a factory. It just doesn't sit well with me.
2: <laughs> it's A little uncomfortable,
1: <laughs> yeah. But then they like bring them like really nice silk pajamas and <laughs> and hot cocoa, and you're like, why are these children in his room? <laughs>
0: Why <laughs> are they plying him with with fine goods and trying to get him to relax but then and, like
1: some of the, that, the dialogue like implies that they actually are just adults but they, like keep a childlike spirit which is why they look like that and it's just like let's not go into detail
0: on this all right
1: let's let's leave yeah. the claws to the claws all right let's let's yeah. let's let's move on from here
0: um that's that's a great segue um time to move on i'm gonna give you each two points for this round uh good start to both of you we're gonna go back to nathan for his number four a uh, terrible moment from christmas movie. All
2: right, this is from a 1980s TV special called A Muppet Family Christmas. And this mm-hmm. is Miss Piggy being a diva during A Muppet Family Christmas. And I love the Muppets. I love the Muppets at Christmas time. I love The Muppet Family Christmas. Mm-hmm. I love The Muppet Christmas Carol. I love Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, very underrated <laughs> Muppet classic. If you've not seen Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, for god's sake get off your ass the songs in it are just delightful it is very charming <clears throat> but what's the deal with miss piggy guys i this is more of a question than an actual list item because sure. so in the plot is piggy is everybody goes to Fozzie's mom's house Every, like people just mm-hmm. keep pouring in and pouring in and it, it it's just kind of cute fun like there's an old guy who rented it who thought he was going to be there alone with his dog uh he's the bartender from uh the uh, boondock saints actually uh
0: (laughs) oh that's who he is okay
2: (laughs) and and you know it's like oh i thought i was going to be alone but now the muppets they're overwhelming me and it turns out the muppets are cute and fun and we're all having a good time and but there's a snowstorm coming and so miss piggy keeps calling and kermit is like piggy it's a snowstorm like you're gonna die you're gonna freeze to death you're gonna get in a car accident this is serious and she's just like she won't she won't get off she has more shopping to do she's got to do and i'm just it stresses me out every year just get to the farmhouse piggy oh and so they have this little bit that runs through it is every time a new you know the muppets are coming in waves like you know first a few muppets come then ralph the dog shows up he has the classic mm-hmm. long. Uh, hey, I followed the truck uh, on the way, and boy, am I exhausted! <laughs> and uh, yeah, but as, as every character comes in, there's an icy patch by the door, and they all come in and they all slip, every single one. And then, anyways, yeah. uh, the old guy uh, he comes to love Kermit and and Fozzie and, and the whole gang. And so, when Piggy's out in the snowstorm, lost, he goes out looking for, her, and then the snowstorm subsides. And Piggy comes up. He's wearing, like, a big, like, Russian hat and a very fancy suit and, like, an Iditarod sleigh dog thing (laughs) comes in, and Piggy's all (laughs) immaculately dressed and, you know, making her big entrance, and she walks in, and the music swells and, of course, slips on the icy patch. Just perfect (laughs) button on the whole episode. But I just – I've never understood why – I, I don't think Piggy is funny. I love the Muppets. Miss Piggy is... She's just annoying. What does Kermit see in her? I always thought he could do better. Kermit's <laughs> so sweet and kind and loving and, and patient. And Pig, what has Piggy ever done for anybody? She's self-centered. She's loud, annoying, and brash.
0: Break them off. I just say, I think, I think Kermit is an ass man. I think Kermit is a fast one. That's my guess. <laughs> oh. Piggy's... Miss Piggy's got, you know, she's got those voluptuous curves and, you know.
1: <laughs> what has, has there ever been a safer bet on deciding what fictional character is an anti-vaxxer than Miss Piggy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: She will she, she's worried it's gonna melt her vocal cords. You know, she'll no longer be able to to to, to, to croon for her for her adoring audience. She doesn't but. want her ass to shrink because then she'll lose Kermit. <laughs> she
1: did her own research.
0: <laughs> I I also I, I watched a little bit of this on YouTube because I've never seen it before, so I wanted to like do a little research on this. And there's a great moment when when Rolf comes in and he meets the old guy's dog and yeah. the dog is barking at him. And then Wolf goes, yes, bark, 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 Wolf, bark, bark, bark. bark. <laughs> and then the old guy looks at and goes, don't you hate when you can't speak the language? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: There's there's so many great one-liners in it. It really is. Yeah. It, it packs, it's only a half hour special and it packs so many little cool yeah. moments in there. It is it is classic Camp Muppet 80s fun.
0: Also, the, 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 the gang from Sesame Street is in the it. Sesame Bigfoot's Street gang shows and Harry, up. And, yeah. yeah,
2: they... That's they. They are like the last group to show up after uh, Doc, the old man. He, he's mm-hmm. already built bunk beds in the in the attic, and uh, we've got Oscar the Grouch or and uh, Gonzo the weirdo sleeping on uh, clothes hangers in the closet.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think also the the perfect. Uh, I'm just I was just thinking more about Miss Piggy. My brain. The perfect real person or movie character. Um, association is um, Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada. Like P- Miss Piggy, just always needs to be running something like that, right? And just yeah. it's she has she's supposed to be a dick to everyone, and that's like she's Mariah Carey, you know. Like I, I like watching some of those moments of the the specials like, this just this is hard Mariah energy, like you know. And now Mariah, I'm sure, has done Christmas specials recently. With her, you know, her uh, all I want for Christmas is you. And she's decked out in white fur and on a sleigh and has, you know, little people bringing her presents, you know, like diamond rings and shit or whatever. But, um, yeah, by little people, I mean kids. Sorry. I I didn't mean to. That was. (laughs)
1: Wow. Uh, Now this episode is a terrible Christmas moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Brian, I want to hear about your number four. Uh, My number four
1: is something I discovered last night while doing research for this. I was like, man, you know what I haven't seen in a long time? A lifetime holiday special. So I decided to find the newest one that was available on on Amazon last night, and it was called Dear Christmas, starring Mm. uh, uh, a love for my childhood, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, classic. So uh, I want to read the synopsis for you, but first, here's the Mm -hmm. log line a podcast host develops an unexpected romance with a local firefighter during the holidays.
2: We can only hope.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, let's hope there's uh, some strapping firefighters that are going to save us this, this holiday season. <laughs> um, what was so funny about this is, especially with all of these movies, how just deliberate the exposition is in dialogue. There is this mm-hmm. Absolutely no brevity to anything it's just like well well I'm just gonna fit this in here um uh-huh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so this is uh, the opening scene is her recording a podcast this is also funny I've noticed about anything that's involving a podcast nobody has ever finished a podcast and released it in in, in movies and TV they've always like oh, I've just finished the next episode and putting it out. And I haven't even thought about what the next episode is going to be. So now I have to live my life and then record the episode so that we have a next episode mm-hmm. in the show. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, why are we making podcasts? <laughs> Central theme <laughs> in any sort of bots. Um, but anyway, it opens with her being the close-ups of, like, 2020 podcast award winner and all these, like, Webby Awards on her desk. And you're like... Okay, we get it. She's got a successful podcast called Holiday Love. Get it. Okay, we got it. Boom. And then the the movie opens with her boss coming in to give her a bonus check for having such a successful podcast. And this is what I put on it. this does not happen. This is why no. this is a terrible Christmas moment. You can't give people hope out there that they can talk about other people's love lies and get a big bonus check for it on a podcast. <laughs> That's not how this works. This is episode 79 for us. We know there's no big checks at the end of this now. <laughs> Come on. And then she's sitting there. The True. boss gives her a check. We don't see it. She's like, oh, wow. She's like, well, you earned it. Blah, blah, blah. Is there anything else I can help you with? The boss, she's like, Well, I didn't wrap any of my presents yet. So her boss, who just gave her a bonus check, sits down and helps her wrap presents so they can get through more exposition. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to my small town. Ah, Have you ever been in love? I don't know. Maybe one time. I think love is like this thing for other people. Blah, 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 blah. You're going through all of this stuff. My sister is due to give birth on Christmas Eve. And it's like, what are you talking about? But the best part is we get to the end of this conversation and the boss is like, well, I don't know anything about love either. Maybe I should actually listen to your podcast for a change. She's like, <laughs> she's like, wait, you've never listened to it. She's like, why? I have a million other people out there doing it for me. I was like, wait, wait, you haven't even listened to your own product? <laughs> so I turned it off Ugh. after this point. Uh, she goes home yeah. and you see her dad is Ed Begley Jr. And I'm like, sit well, come on. Oh, wow. What are you doing here? There's so much money, be- baby, you're so much better than this, but yeah, it looked like he did maybe two days on the movie and probably got a nice little paycheck. So good for him.
0: Well, I say hallmark movies are becoming very popular over the past couple of years. They put out a new one this year with two legends of the silver screen, Peter Gallagher. Um, and, uh, uh, Oh, the Ash from evil dead. What's his name? Um, Oh, okay, I know you what you're talking about. John- yes. Uh, Campbell, that legend. Campbell, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> <laughs> that absolute legend, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, my, my favorite thing about the first 10 minutes of these kind of movies is they'll always ask a question like it is a boss or a or, a, or like a, 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 you know, now because they're trying to be inclusive, a gay coworker that you hear from for about five minutes and they leave. Correct. um and They're like, hey, during the holidays, do you like hot cocoa like back in your hometown? And then she, she'll say like, yeah, you, my dad, love it. My mom loved it, too. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, oh, mom's dead. OK, there we go. Yeah. You know, you got a dead that mom. Kind of <laughs> yeah. There's, there's always a dead parent. Like you can just, just bet heavily on a dead parent in, in every single Hallmark movie. It, when we finally
1: meet who her parents are, Melissa Joan Hart. So first of all, it's all stock footage of Chicago. This is where she records yeah. her podcast, and then she gets mm-hmm. on a road, and it's all stock footage of highways until she gets to a mountainous region. So somewhere in Colorado, and she mm-hmm. wakes it. She's like, "Hi, mom, dad. How are you?" It's like, "Oh God, the bookstore has been really busy this season." <laughs> okay we get it they own, they own a bookstore all right <laughs> we're gonna see that set piece very soon <laughs> yep it's there it's coming uh, um, I, I can go on about this forever so i'm gonna leave it at that and just recommend it to every listener
0: <laughs> okay does she does she get some does she get the the, the fireman uh poll by the end of the movie i
1: i saved it i i didn't go through it all yet i'm like i, I can't oh, okay. want to
0: spoil it for myself Sure, sure, I sure, sure, to Let I get the audience
1: it. know that this movie exists and next week we'll experience that ending together.
0: Okay. That sounds wonderful. Um, I, I have to score you boys out for your number fours here. Um I, I am I'm gonna go i gonna go for two points to Nathan here for the for the Miss Piggy um take and Brian, I'm I'm giving you three because uh, you found one of my weak points here at Christmas, and that's that's a that's a terrible holiday movie <laughs> um made with uh, Faceless white Canadian actors. (laughs) uh, um, Nathan, uh, faceless white
1: Canadians coming to
0: (laughs) (laughs) it. Well, this is uh, my number
2: three. Here is not faceless white (laughs) Canadians. This is this is black faced Americans, as in Bing Crosby in Holiday Inn. Um, So the song "White Christmas," one of my favorites comes from also one of my favorites, the movie White Christmas. Or does it? Mm -hmm. No, it actually originates from Holiday Inn, which nobody knows about or sees because it has Bing Crosby, Christmas icon, singing Mm -hmm. in blackface. Why, you might ask? Well, (laughs) the, the premise of this movie is that the inn is open on different holidays throughout the year, so it's not just a Christmas movie. And in February,
0: incredibly profitable model for any business. Uh, (laughs) We got got 17 days a year.
2: (laughs) So they they celebrate Lincoln's birthday or President's Day or whatever. And Mm. I I was aware of this. I had not seen it, but I knew I had to include it. I went and watched it. It is readily available and yeesh, it is painful to watch. Uh, The song is about how great Abraham Lincoln is, Bing Crosby singing it in character as a black person and about, Mm -hmm. I don't know, 30 or 40 other white people are in blackface too during this song. And it's, it's very much like a white savior thing. And look, I love Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. I think Abraham Lincoln was the greatest president we ever had or will have, but it's just uncomfortable where it's like the, there is a, there are some actual black people in the scene, but they're given the most cringy lines. Like I'm not even going to repeat them. Uh, just the cringiest most horrible lines and it's just it gets worse and worse as it goes and at at one point I, I debate even if it's okay for me to repeat this part but at one point when they're singing it somebody says blah 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 Abraham Lincoln and then you hear somebody yell out who dat oh I'm my like God that's it's so bad I will I will give you just the lyrics of how it's not even a good song mm-hmm in 1860, he became the president. Now he's in the Hall of Fame, a most respected gent. Uh, <laughs> like, there is nothing. There is nothing redeemable about this. The only is, reason is there a
0: presidential was, Hall of Fame? I don't know about. Uh,
2: yeah, it's at Disney World with their with their <laughs> animatronic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. that's right. Okay, okay,
1: so I pulled this scene up just to look at it, and I immediately saw the set piece. I thought of Splash Mountain. Like that's how much like ingrained racism is in Splash Mountain. And then also this horrible, horrible scene. And then he walks out in blackface and I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> this is the cringiest thing I think I've ever seen. It's and pretty these, mortifying. Do you remember, these poor, Wait, you
0: remember real the first time listening? you saw this movie, Nathan? Oh my god. Um
2: I I had only seen like little bits of bits of it. I had not seen this scene in particular. Oh, okay. Until this, I mean, maybe I'd seen it once before and blocked it out, but yeah, I've never okay. it's, the, the, the worst part about this is they probably at the time thought they were being really progressive and inclusive by doing this. There was so, this, yeah. so far behind the times. So ignorant. it's, it's uh, yeah, it's one of the most offensive things I've ever seen. And the only reason it's not my number one is because luckily people don't actually watch it and the two ahead of it. People actually do watch every year. So mm-hmm. there you go. My depressing, horrifying number three.
0: <laughs> well, whew. all right. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, take us on.
1: Okay. I was, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 40, 42. That was, I was way off on Rudolph. Rudolph was 64. I was like, they're both the forties makes a lot of sense, but Rudolph's even worse being 64. <laughs> I was
0: like, okay. Yeah. All
1: right. Number three, I'm going with one of my favorite Christmas movies. Elf. Okay. but I'm talking Ooh. about his father Walter Hobbs because our mm-hmm. first introduction to him of him being on the naughty list is him taking children's books away from a nun This, <laughs> but the children
0: <laughs> love the books that is
1: my sisters and I' favorite line of any movie ever because we sit there with the hands and we do it all the time <laughs> but the children love the books <laughs> So to make him the the naughtiest thing we could do and make it kid-friendly, we have a crying nun in his office saying he couldn't make the payments on the books. Mm -hmm. So she goes to the publisher and the publisher takes the books away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Setup is fine. Execution, I'm not so sure about. (laughs) Why is this nun going to a book publisher? But either way, like he literally takes them out of the hands of children. And then next scene blindly approves a book without even reading it. <laughs> so it's like, OK, yeah, we get it. You're a horrible man. We don't want to see you be redeemed, Jimmy Conn. Yeah,
0: I, I, I do love the line where he's like, what? I need to spend 50 grants so some crying child can figure out what happens to a puppy. No, ship him. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. do it. Ship it. <laughs> ship it. Um. Yeah, James Conn is an all time great. Uh, bad guy. He's just a sli- he's just a slimy dude, you know. He was uh he was the mob boss on the show Vegas. Um and we know f- was it Nathan's friend that was an extra on there. He, yeah. and, and he he kept the set really, really cold to preserve his cold, dead heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so- something
2: like he wanted it to be like forty four degrees or something. A friend of mine, she was she was just playing like a server in this scene or something and he was a jerk to everybody and and it was it was in Vegas, and so a server in Vegas not exactly wearing a parka. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she was like, I was just freezing my ass off, and there was like nothing we could do because it, he had it in his contract to keep the, the set super chilly.
1: What a rider to have. It's got to be 44. You know what? This is the, this is a rider I want to be able to control the temperature. I need, to take a, I need to take note on this. I want it to be like 62, not 44, but... The, we'll the
0: Brian see. Clause. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Guys, uh, Brian's coming over for the Super Bowl, uh, so we got to turn it down. I'm sorry. It's getting right in his we're the windows. Winter's coming
1: in. Uh, it's in there. Um, it's, uh, you got to have that. You got to have fresh bagel bites and uh, some uh, Coke Zero chilled to the right temperature as well.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Brian, uh, when you first saw ELF, did you love it as much as you love it now, or did it take a little bit for it to, to seep into your holiday bones?
1: I think it's 2003. So I mean, I was definitely at two thirteen years old or so when I saw. It. I think I loved it right away. I think I was coming off of. I mean, it's a big Will Ferrell guy yeah. myself, so I was like, "This is yeah. like SNL time for me." So him doing this, I, I think I, I just loved it right away.
0: Um, who's your who's your least favorite character in that movie? My least favorite, uh,
1: probably Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> she doesn't bring much to the movie, unfortunately. It's not like she's given a lot of lines. I mean, she's yeah. just kind of there to sing a problematic duet in the bathroom while she's naked so that's true uh other than that yeah Yeah, i thought about
2: including that on my list actually
1: yeah have you heard the the woke version by john legend and uh, i forgot who we did the duet with no where they changed the lyrics i i recommend it. it it somehow it makes the song worse (laughs) like like instead of just accepting a song as being problematic in the time that it was created and just enjoying it musically and knowing that it's problematic and learning from it you Mm -hmm. gotta make a woke version and it's just like it doesn't it just makes me roll my eyes even more but good on them for trying Um
0: You you guys are both getting three points here because I love Elf. And yeah, Nathan, yours, that's the worst thing I've ever heard of in a Christmas movie. So it's bad. Three points. Three points for both of you. Uh, Speaking of problematic, let's go back to Nathan uh, for his number
2: two. (laughs) Uh, This this again, this is another racially problematic moment. Uh, This is the Asian stereotypes at the Chinese restaurant at the end of a Christmas story. Oh, Um, yeah. And I'm not going to repeat it. I think everybody everybody who's yep. seen the movie knows exactly what I'm talking about and yep. I think everybody uh, probably when they were younger laughed at it so we can all raise our hands and say guilty about that um, but there's a way around this so th- this the only reason this is ahead of my number three is because they show this re- on repeat every year and mm-hmm. they haven't done anything to edit the scene or anything I mean I think I'm sure everybody recognizes it's terrible but the, the punchline of that scene is when the they bring out the the duck mm-hmm. and and it has it still has its head and they chop the head off you can easily just cut a head to that part and you can still get that laugh and I'm not yeah. sure why that hasn't been done yet so um that's really all I have to say on, on this one is that this one we got a way around we can keep we can still show the movie but we can cut out that part so people who you know younger kids who are seeing the movie for the first time don't have to be exposed to it but we still get to enjoy the the rest of it because it is a classic
0: you know for in my uh, experience as a child watching this movie i almost never made it all the way to the end i was like fall asleep or something Mm -hmm. and so i didn't see this the ending until probably like the eighth or ninth or tenth time i watched it so i was old enough to be like wait what the fuck why are they what is going on like it feels it feels like a like a different movie almost because like i mean granted the rest of it is just all white people all the time, but yeah. it feels like such an over the top um, c- characterization. But I remember seeing it, you know, twelve or thirteen, and being like, "Ooh, oh!" And also, yeah. it feeling like they don't need that part of the movie either. Honestly, like it feels like a tack on ending, but um that, that's that's in my opinion I, mean, yeah, that's, I that's story structure that's another conversation for another for another top five
2: yeah i mean but, when i when i was when i was eight years old i mean because i we would the movie would you know be on 24 hours so i would we would dip yeah. in and out and it was like oh here's the end and it would be like oh ha, ha, funny little uh you know moment because their their voices are different from what i'm used to oh, ha, ha, and then as you mm-hmm. get older like it's like oh wait a minute not that's not fine what i was watching
1: especially yeah. when the owner or leader or teacher in that scene can say it so like he could have just sung the song but he right. chose to put his workers on display who mix up their l's and their r's and he's like "No, no no you guys are gonna do this and i will correct you in front of this white family until you get yeah. it right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what it's are you doing, so, man? It's
2: so uncomfortable.
1: There's a problem with yeah. Christmas Story in general, is just that when you do play something on repeat for 24 hours, it takes a generation of children several years to figure out the true running order of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would come in on it at a different time every time and be like, wait, this happened already? What is going on? So please stop showing movies for 24 hours. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Cut I, I'm, the scene. I'm, yeah, just cut the scene. I've, whoever whoever owns the rights to that leg lamp must be a kajillionaire by now. That's all I have to say because that thing is still everywhere. You can only
1: hope it was the dad. What's the what's the dad's actor's name in Christmas Story?
0: Uh, Burton Burton Sonderfeld. <laughs> Either way, I do, I,
1: it's, it's when you go and watch these making of things. I mean, it was a five million dollar budget for this movie. He got paid two million.
0: <laughs> Whoa! Ooh! <laughs> yeah. So it's like. So the set was at his preference of temperature. Correct. for sure. He may have uh,
1: insisted on going to a Chinese restaurant. You never know.
0: So, <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. Um, Nathan, uh, an- another another problematic but important to to bring up. Uh, you know, uh, number two there, Brian, give us your number two. My
1: number two is I have the dead eyes of every character in the Polar Express. Oh, god. So. For those of you who have not seen the Polar Express, it's one of the first truly feature length motion captured animated things. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's a fan of the book, the book is a beautifully illustrated book. Wonderful book. Wonderful book. book. Loved the book. And the scenes that are plucked from the book and put in the movie are done extremely well. Like they're just like, they're very iconic. They remind you of the book. And as a movie in general, I don't have a huge problem with it. Like I been around kids who totally enjoy it and watching them watch Santa at the end is like, they love that and want to watch it on repeat all the time. Not a problem. The problem is with the technology, not being there. And anybody who is aware of the uncanny Valley knows that there's that brief moment when you make a human into an animated character, there's that one small little bridge. You can't really connect. Your brain doesn't know why it doesn't look real, but it's very uncomfortable. It was really funny. I was watching something behind the scenes on, uh, uh, I think it was Rogue One. I think that's the one where they did a complete rehash of uh, Grand Marth Tarkin in it. I said one of the weird things that they notice when people in a digital character doesn't look real is mm-hmm. the small amount of spit that gets stuck on your lips when you open and they separate and you talk. Like that little, hmm. like they fold apart and close. And that was like one of the things they figured out. Obviously, this was a lot more modern than Polar Express, yeah. but like they didn't <laughs> yeah. even get like facial muscles down <laughs> in no. Polar Express. So it's really weird. It's really creepy. You have a, a glorious Tom Hanks playing five really creepy characters, including Santa Claus. <laughs> it's just like you want to be in the Christmas spirit because you're being reminded of this book that you love. You're getting these dazzling images like scenery and is beautiful snowfall is great and you punch into this close-up of this kid singing and you're just like something's wrong i don't feel right what's going on and it's just like yeah it's like there's no cheek muscle movement there's like no eyebrow movements like all these kids have botox and you're like oh god they get every single one of these kids from beverly
0: hills what's going on so it's extremely uncomfortable to watch sometimes and in this in this enclave of Beverly Hills, they don't stop at the cheeks; they do Botox right in the eyes too. You know, <laughs> right there's just the no. yeah.
1: dead eyes. We want our kids to dead. have those dead Christmas eyes, dead
0: shark eyes for all our future industrialists here in Beverly Hills. And do you
1: remember the 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 hobo character that lives on top of the train that Tom Hanks plays?
0: I I forgot about this hobo character. <laughs>
1: so the kid crawls up because he's trying to he's got to make his way from the caboose to the front of the train. And the fastest way to do that because there's a. Let's
0: not talk about sex here. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's keep on we'll
1: and the fastest way they have to do is they have to ski down the train and make it to the front before they go under a tunnel. But as he's up there, he's met this like homeless guy that lives upon the train. And he's the stereotypical guy with scruff. He's got a kangle hat and a little bindle and kangle. everything. <laughs> it's like, whatever. He's just a stereotype in himself. And then. He sits up there making terrible coffee, but he kind of talks like this, you know, it's just Tom Hanks doing his weirdest whatever voice. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, it was pretty terrifying. <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like, like, is this kid trusting him? And it's like he's like he, he fashions skis out of something and puts the kid on him and they're, the train's going downhill and the most dangerous stunt a child would ever do. Yeah. And then at the end, they finally get all the way down to the front of the train. He pushes the kid into the coal pit. behind the thing and then his character hits the brick wall and like disintegrates into particles because he's a ghost and it was like
0: oh
1: i was like uh, yeah i (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine blood splatter in the middle of this movie (laughs) i know zamekis has some thoughts but that's a little weird
0: i thought it was like you know there are parts of our society that are you know dispensable kind of you know commentary but thank god okay it
1: might have been but uh, I don't know. There's, there's still a lot of memorable moments from this movie. And it's actually a good movie when you sit down and watch it. It was just like the tech did not meet up with the vision and gave us some really, really creepy children of the corn.
0: <laughs> Brian, if if I've only ever seen like three minutes of this movie at a time, a couple times on TV, would I actually like if I sat down and watched it front to back?
1: I think you might actually. Yeah? Okay.
0: Especially I might- as
1: somebody, the movie is about the belief in Christmas. So if that's what yeah. you like, I think it will tug at
0: your heartstrings. Okay. Okay. I think I will give it a shot. Um, Guys, we're here. This is the, this is it. This is the end. Your number ones. Don't forget about that, about that, uh, th- those bonus points, you know, hiding out there somewhere in the, uh, in the Christmas air, go and get them. Nathan.
2: Did we get points for round two?
0: Oh, that's right. I, uh, I should give you guys points. That's right. Um, again, I'm sorry. I'm a terrible host. Um, I'm still trying to work at this. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, boy. Um, you're both getting, you know what? It's, it's Christmas time. I'm giving each one point. Okay, there we go. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: that's a lump of coal
0: for old Nathan Bobby, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, my number one is Love Actually. The whole I movie. It. Oh,
0: a classic! No, no it's a classic movie. I love incredible. it. The whole Na- wait, movie. Wait, hold on, Nathan Nathan, Nathan. 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 I think you for, you you forget that it takes place in London.
2: I'm aware, <laughs> which hurts so... which hurts my heart even more.
0: Wow, even more. Wow. Okay.
2: So yes, I know it's a beloved Christmas classic, and it makes everybody feel good and warm and fuzzy. And and I just I don't understand hold on, hold why. On. It,
0: it it also stars the woman who you had a poster of above your bed freshman year of college, Kira Knightley.
2: I, I, I do like Kieran Knightley. That's true. Even
0: be, even even in spite of. Wow.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to read a brief synopsis of seven of the different plot lines <laughs> that run through this incredibly intricate movie. Here Wait, we can,
0: go. Can, can, I, can, can I interrupt you one more time? The star of your favorite franchise, Taken One, <laughs> Taken Again, <laughs> Taken Twice, <laughs> Taken, <laughs> Taken quattro. Taken Cinco, Liam Neeson. He's in it. Right. He's still we'll, not liking this Okay, wow. We'll start okay. with All him. Right.
2: We'll start with Liam Neeson. Okay. All right, here we go. Liam Neeson obsesses over helping his ten year old son get the attention of his crutch, this kid named Joanna, who has the same name as his recently deceased mother. Happy holidays. <laughs> Rick Rick from The Walking Dead professes love for his best friend's wife, the gorgeous Kira Knightley, behind his best friend's back, even getting to who cheat even getting her to cheat on him briefly. Good tidings we bring. (laughs) Hugh Grant is the prime minister who has feelings for a subordinate in his administration, which is pretty precarious territory already, but then he only acts on his feelings for her after he gets jealous of the president of the United States sexually harassing her. Deck the halls. Laura Linney (laughs) wants really badly to hook up with the office eye candy, who she's barely had a conversation with, but she can't because she has to take care of her mentally ill brother, who it appears is capable of being violent with her. Hi, holy, <laughs> Colin Firth gets an entire town to follow him as he stalks this woman who he knows nothing about because he's never had a conversation with her because they don't speak the same language. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> Alan Rickman has an emotional affair with his subordinate at work, despite being married to goddess in human form, Emma Thompson. Joy to the world! <laughs> and then... The guy who looks just like Mitch Brinkman travels to use his accent in lieu of any real charm or personality to have sex with as many American women as possible. Gloria! So many uplifting themes in this movie. In Excel, <laughs> but
1: Nathan, it's about love, actually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's not about that stuff. It's about love, kind of.
2: The most, the most heartwarming story is the is the people who work in the porn industry. Yeah, you even mentioned them and, or and, Bill and 90. Oh. and and the burned out rock stars. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So there's actually okay. what, nine storylines.
2: There's nine storylines. Yeah. Ah, uh, seven so of well which done. I object
0: to. That's a good ratio. What? Okay. Okay. Give us your worst—the worst of all of these. What do you think is the worst thing to do?
2: Um, it's it's, it's hard to pick. I, I, man, I mean, probably the the emotional affair with your your best friend's wife that starts at their wedding, the creepy videotaping, and the kissing her on Christmas Eve. That's that's pretty horrible. Um, but yeah. then the the Liam Neeson being so invested in his son's crush on another 10 year old when obviously there's some real, they're both going through some real trauma about the death of their family. It just, mm-hmm. God, it's so dark. is just, I don't, I just, I don't. And I understand, like I've watched this movie and for some reason it does make you feel kind of good. <laughs> I just, I don't <laughs> yeah. understand the disconnect between everything I just listed accurately and the way that this movie makes people feel there is i guess that's just the power of christmas just if this was set <laughs> yeah. in the summertime yeah. if this was set in the summertime nobody would watch this movie ever it doesn't yeah, work it,
0: it'd be called like like lust sadly or <laughs> <Yeah>. <that. laughs>
2: i i'm I'm gonna let that be the button on my case Uh, thank you for ending that my closing
0: argument (laughs) no problem uh brian let's see if you can top that buddy boy uh give us your number one all right you want to
1: talk about dark? we're gonna talk about dark we're talking about 1998 jack frost all right i love and adore michael keaton he is mm, a treasure but this movie did him wrong (laughs) uh This movie opens with him being the lead singer, harmonica-playing, guitar-playing singer of this band that never really got their shot. And uh, they're kind of blues, kind of rock, whatever. They're all kind of middle-aged. They all got families at home. And they're playing this, like, corporate party at the beginning of it. And all... He's basically singing a rendition of Frosty the Snowman in blues form. Okay. And... There's a guy in the back who opens up his flip phone. It's 1998. Like, and does a back to the future. Oh, my God, you got to hear this. And holds up his phone. It's like, we got to sign these guys off their cover of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he's he's got a very supportive wife and, and Kelly Preston. He's got like a nine or ten year old kid that's like kind of okay at hockey. And he needs to be there to help him with hockey. And they finally are going to get their big break on Christmas. They have to go play this party. And three other bands are at, are in contesting to get signed with this label. This is the one time they got to play. So he blows off Christmas. And he blows off his son's hockey game to get in the car with the band. And they only make it like half an hour out of town. And he's like, no, I'm canceling this gig everybody go back home and spend Christmas with your families. It's not that important. So he makes the right decision and there's two cars. He's being driven by, um, Mark Addy is, is his keyboard player. So he's being driven by Mark Addy in this, uh, like Cadillac car and there's a van following it. So he decides to take Mark Addy's car to go back home and all the other guys are going to take the van home. He hits a snowstorm and he dies. He doesn't oh. make it home for Christmas because he made the right decision. And now he has to come back as a snowman. And now
0: <laughs> oh god. So, so, so this is like a darker version of Mrs. Doubtfire almost. Uh,
1: yes, it's way it's way <laughs> worse. But it's like he made all the right decisions in act 1, then they murder him. <laughs> it's like he did the right thing, we're still going to rip the family's heart out and what makes it so weird is 1998, the snowman, one, very creepy, lifeless face. You're noticing a pattern with my list today. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's like part puppet animatronic, part CGI at some points, but like they mm. built like an entire neighborhood block on a soundstage. So all the day exteriors with snow are on a mm. stage. Mm -hmm. to accommodate this weird snowman, Michael Keaton puppet, (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it looks so weirdly polished. And then it's kind of, it's, it's frosty, the snowman. That is the story of it here. And he's, he came to life one day. He's going to melt. We don't know if he's ever going to see his family again. And basically he needs to see his son's hockey game at the end of the movie, but he's beginning to melt and he's going to miss it again. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and uh it's just it's just such a weird thing he finally goes away he makes it to the game blah 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 everything is happy ever and it's just like but then he goes away forever again (laughs) just like now the kids just build snowmans every year just to remind themselves of the one time they saw dad
0: yeah does he does he get to have like a little kiss with his wife at all like is there any kind of romance in this film
1: I think he, the the snow melts and he gets to like be himself one more time, like in his ethereal form. He's like back. Wait, what? Yeah, like the snow melts away oh. and then
0: he's himself. So then like he's his like rotting corpse self one more for
1: another. No, he he's cool, normal widow's peak, Michael Keaton, late night. Oh yes, okay. Thank God. Gets okay. to kiss his wife and tell his son he'll be with him wherever he goes, and then he returns to the afterlife and he's gone.
0: Wow. So this is this is kind of this is the Easter story, but um, you know it comes back for one little bit, gives some hope to people, and, and then disappears again.
1: That's that's the Christ in Christmas for you, right there. <laughs> oh yes!
0: Yeah. Woo, that's I awesome. was waiting for someone to say that, Brian. You earned yourself some bonus. Points. I got
1: I got one more bonus thing to throw at you. The that? the material of the scarf that he wears would have made such a perfect Christmas sweater. It was Ooh. like this very nice, warm, perfectly flowing wool kind of whatever. But it looked mm. soft. And it was mm. just like it's a great little accent to a CGI character to have that thing flowing sure. in the wind. <laughs> oh, God. It's, that's He beats up a bunch of kids with snowballs and it, it catches his son dropping off of a cliff. And they ride a toboggan down a mountain together. And oh, my God. Split the toboggan and they both use it as snowboards. It is a bananas movie. <laughs> I swear to God
0: that sounds like part christmas vacation with the with the uh with the uh, with the disc he goes down that sounds like um escape from la when uh kurt russell rides a, a, a door as a surfboard like this sounds this is crazy i love it and when keaton finally
1: awakes and finally realizes he's in the snowman body like he has like 15 jokes about his butt being so big it's <laughs> really weird he's like, can't fit through this door his butt's so big man i can't get used to this but it's like just it's like how many times can you say but to make kids laugh and they just jammed it in. 15 times <laughs> jammed sounds it like it all on his ass
0: kermit would have loved him
1: as a <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like where's kermit oh he's out on a snowman again <laughs> his, little, <laughs> his little green prick inside there staying cold all right um, <laughs> um those are the number ones uh Uh, You guys know I I have to tally points here, but I'll I'll do it much faster this time. So, um, Nathan, I I would love to just get a little more taste of some singing, some jingle bells. Uh, Brian, if you want to duet them, I'd love that. Guys, go for it.
2: Uh, Jingle bells, jingle (laughs) bells, jingle all the way. Uh, Oh, what fun it is to ride in this uh, one-horse open sleigh. That's, that's not really George Bailey. That's like 80-year-old Jimmy Stewart. I. <laughs>
0: that's still... That's... Well, there's another guy
1: from the 80s that likes to sing, well, Nancy, I used to sing in a film. Way, so, jingle bells, jingle bells. Let's take the George... Uh, yeah, What? What? We're not watching that film anymore. I was cut from that role, Nancy. Bring me back... To- well, let's cut. Stop me from doing this. Move on.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to, I was going to let you finish your sentence and go, and guess what? We have something Ronald's never done before. He's never tied. We have another draw, you guys. I'm no. sorry. I didn't, I didn't try to do that on purpose. Um, 14 to 14 today. Uh, everyone gets to, to share in the holiday spirit, I guess, um, of the, of, of the dark holiday moments. So, but we're at the end. So now it's time for the fast five this week's fast five top five reasons to utter to your father hey daddy-o number five <laughs> it's 1 p.m on a friday in the summer and pops is home early already having put in a solid day of work and he's got that uh, uh i want to do some fun vibe going on and guess who hasn't showered has been watching mtv all day and could go for some ice cream hey daddy-o <laughs> number four <laughs> Your father returns from his twice-yearly trip to the mall to restock undershirts, gold toes, and replace a button-up or two. But wait, somebody stopped at the Sunglass Hut and picked up a pair of oval gray shades with just a hint of orange in them? Hey, (laughs) Daddy-o! Number three. You and the whole family are out for a Taco Tuesday at Tortilla Ranchito in the strip mall where the old Sears used to be. And right as you're taking your first slurp off your cherry Coke... You see your father plunge a chip into the guacamole for the first time ever, barely covering a corner with the good stuff. And just before he eats it, he says, When in Rome, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, daddy, (laughs) oh! Number two. It's Sunday night, 8.15 p.m., and you've settled in to watch Football Night in America with Dan and Al because you're a good little American. But father stomps in, knowing full well you haven't even looked at your homework yet as he quietly turns the TV off and points towards the den office. Hey, daddy Oh, <laughs> Number one, you just got a text from your bud, Crawford. He says that Lakin's mom's new boyfriend's son just turned 21 and he's hosting a beer bash down by the river. You can't wait to DD for everyone, but father has the keys. Hey, (laughs) daddy-o! That's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty wom word of mouth. So please tell your friends, tell your family, send them your favorite episodes, send them your favorite clips. Thank you to the man, the faith, the London native.
2: Nathan, and Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: And, oh. My, my 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 brother in Elf in Arms. Brianers. And I've been Mitch Rinkman, and as BizBear always says to all my bears out there who haven't found a den yet, head south and vote. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. <laughs>
1: you've just listened to uber cinco a production of ubk studios subscribe to the show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your fine podcasts from
0: If you like what you hear and want to support the show please visit our patreon site at patreon.com slash ubk studios every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay
2: keep tabs on us on all the social media at ubk studios and most importantly subscribe to our youtube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good midwestern boys you